1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Let's pick up in John chapter 3. We're still in this series, <coughs> pardon me, on uh, faith and prayer. And we've been talking about how that man, when I say man, I'm talking inclusively, men and women must become an actual child of God as truly as Jesus was in his earth walk. And that's what we have not seen. And this can only come by rebirth of the human spirit, the spirit of the man. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. This can only come by rebirth of his spirit, making him a new creation. And Jesus talks about this in John 3, 3, and replied, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And so we see that uh, man is a spirit. Man is not a body. Everything in my lifetime has been all about the body. You know, sex ed's about the body. Uh, it's all about the body. But man is not a body. Man is a spirit. And uh, man is not a mind. Man is not a, his feelings. That's what, that's what psychology is. You know, it's all about how you feel. And uh, I learned very early that how I felt about anything had nothing to do with anything. And God was not interested in how I felt. I've been saved 60 years now. And never one time in prayer has he asked me how I felt about anything. So apparently he does not care. Uh, you know, my daughter's got a master's degree in psychology. And every time that comes up, I ask her, I say, well, how do you feel about that? And, you know, we get a laugh out of it. It's not about how I feel. <laughs> now, learn this young. Because I'm telling you, when you get up there a little bit, if you're walking by feelings, you're going to be messed up. Because my body's telling me this and telling me that. I just ignore it. Amen? Because my body's not in charge. My spirit man's in charge. Amen? So walking by feelings has a negative impact even with regard to the body. Say it out loud. Man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. And so what is the soul? Well, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Now, something I said here a week or two back, and then I, I hear Kenneth Hagin talking about it in one of my cars, that most believers never renew their minds. And most believers walk by sight and not by the word of God. And he used to say that, that people who walk by sight and not by the word of God sure miss a lot. And he likened it unto walking down a hallway blind and feeling your way along the wall. And uh, that's what walking by sight is compared to walking by the word of God. You know, when... Uh, when 2018 came along and 2019, I thought that the reason the Lord directed me in October of 2017 to take Oral Roberts' book on that little 10-day vacation was because of all the miracles that it produced in 2018, 2019. 
But now that we're 20 months, 21 months into COVID hysteria, I see that the miracles were a fringe benefit. The reason the Holy Spirit of God prompted me to take Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith, on that little 10-day getaway was to refocus Gene and Sue on God as our source. Because that's how we walk through this. We just refocus. And I've been pretty amazed, you know, I've been pretty amazed that no one is giving God any credit. No one's giving God any glory. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And because of the people I know, people send me stuff and, you know, famous, famous, famous preacher, preachers, you know, in hysteria. And uh, they don't even know what they're talking about. You know, because apparently they don't read, they just watch TV. And, uh, but when you see God as your source, you chill. You know, when you see God as your source, you don't live in a panic. This same imbecile everybody's been listening to for 22 months, I just watched a video clip of him this morning talking about AIDS. You know, he was a young man, AIDS. He was a young man talking about how you could catch it at the breakfast table from your family. Uh, you could catch it living in the same house, you know, with your I mean, in other words, he was an idiot. He is an idiot. Tomorrow he's going to be an idiot. <laughs> Uh, he reminds me of preachers they didn't know what they, they were talking about they don't know what they're talking about tomorrow morning when you get up and you read their post they're not going to know what they're talking about so if you go by man you're just going to be messed up but if you go by the written word of God it kind of builds hey here's another immunity you know I mean, if we were going to talk about natural immunity, we could give God credit, glory, and honor because he's the one that designed it. But how about this? How about another kind of immunity? How about an immunity from fear? How about an immunity from BS? How about an immunity from hysteria? You know, it's, it's embarrassing. We got, I mean, you know, preachers, preachers, famous preachers, mega church pastors, you know, acting like hysterical women. It's embarrassing. You know, a man of God ought to be as solid as a rock. Amen. Amen. And we ought not live in a world where we're running from stuff. We ought to, we ought to live in a world where we, where we stand and we speak the word to the rock. Amen. We command it to be removed. Amen. Amen. James 1.18 is an interesting verse in the New Testament. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we may, might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And so we see two things here. We are born of his will and we are born of his word. Say it out loud. We are born of his will. We are born of his word. So it's all God. See, this is, salvation is not by works. It's all God. Our, what we do is we cooperate. Sometimes people come up to me in the fellowship atrium and they're very grateful. And I, I, I get it. I do. I understand it. And, uh, you know, they want to give me the credit. But I, I always tell them, you heard, you heeded, you took action. Not everybody did. So it's not just the word and it's not just the messenger. You got to do something with the message you have heard. So it is, salvation is of God. We are the products of his word. We are the products of his will. Now, our part is to hear the word, believe the word, take action on the word. But he did it. It's his work. It's not my work. So let's talk about feelings a little bit again. See, this is, the, this is why you can't walk by feelings. Thanksgiving's coming up, then Christmas. Let's say you're in a situation or maybe at work tomorrow, and you've got to be careful how you do this at work. But let's say a, a situation comes up and somebody's sick. On what basis do you operate? How you feel? The greatest miracles I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I didn't feel anything. It's amazing. It's true. Austin and I talk about this. You know, 
you can come to church and you, you feel about as spiritual as a fence post and it's the greatest message you ever preached in your entire life. You can come to church and man, you're prayed up, fired up, ready to go and it's a total absolute dud. You can't go by how you feel. You can't go by how you feel. Amen. I learned that running cross country. You know, I saw some guys, you know, eating Snickers bars before the race, and I thought, well, that would give you extra energy, and I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> and then some of, the, some of the guys that were a little more sophisticated, you know, they'd, they'd have a, a light pasta lunch, and then they'd run, and I, then I, I thought, okay, well, I'll try that. You can't go by how you feel. I mean, you could have the chocolate bar and feel great. But about four or 500 yards out there, you're not going to feel great. Do you understand? My son-in-law used to drink Red Bulls as a police officer until as a, a, a rookie, he got in his first foot chase and he got about a half a mile chasing this perp and he just hit the wall. That was it. He Forget about running. He could hardly walk. And he decided, well, apparently those chemicals, in other words, what you feel isn't real. And that's the way, that's the way to me There's a scene in the Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is, uh, he's in this area and it's uh, filled with illusions. And every time we watch that, you know, I'll tell Sue, I wonder if that's, I wonder if from God's perspective, that's the way it is. In other words, it looks like there's all these enemies and it looks like there's all these soldiers and it looks like all this, but it's, it's not, it's just illusions. It's a spiritual thing. Now, I'm not saying pain's not real. Pain is real. But who is it real to? It's real to us. See? I mean, are we to believe Jesus lived on the earth 32, 33 years and, and never felt anything? He just didn't succumb to it. I mean, it's, it was, I mean, I know the angels have, have charge over us, but, you know, you just think you'd have some kind of incident in all those years. He just didn't knuckle under to it. We know he, we know he felt hunger, but he wasn't walking by how he felt. Satan offered him bread after a 40-day fast. I'm not saying it's, a, it's an illusion. What I'm saying is, is it as real as the Word of God? Whatever we're going through, whatever we're experiencing. And the reason I say that is because there's a famous uh, book on prayer by a man named George Mueller. And of course, the folks who put that book together would not tell you this part of the story they didn't want you to know about. But Kenneth Hagin used to tell about George Mueller and how that toward the end of his life, he ran orphanages. And that was before the internet, that was before mail, that was before mailing lists, that was before all of this. And so he had to just pray the money in. And when he got to the end of his life, he said that he could pray in a million dollars or we would say pounds, because it was Britain, as easily at the end of his life as he could pray in one pound when he started. So we ought to be growing, we ought to be advancing. In other words, we shouldn't be letting the devil kick our backside like we were last year. And, and that's true in our bodies, that should be true in our money. Amen. We should, we should be reaching, growing, striving, we should be achieving more, doing more. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So, you know, I used to meditate on this first because I saw that it didn't matter what big thing God had called me to do. He'd already been there and prepared the work for me. Say it out loud. It doesn't matter what big thing God has for me to do. He's already been there and prepared the work for me. So when he told me in February of 1997 to 
gave the half million dollars to put the roof on Bud Sickler's church in Mombasa, Kenya. He said, you don't think you can do it, but he said, I'm telling you, you can. Well, he knew because he'd already been there. See, it's, it's not God's perspective of us that limits us. It's our perspective of us that limits us. Can you see that? The new creation is all of God, wrought through the word and by the Holy Spirit. And our being new creations in Christ Jesus is a God-planned and a God-executed relationship. And listen, that world out there, and especially not even the world, the religious world, wants you to feel bad. I had a pastor take me to lunch once up here. There used to be a steak and ale across from Six Flags up in North Arlington. And he took me to lunch once, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, I know that you're into faith, but he said, has it ever occurred to you that the pie is only so big and the more you believe God for, the less there is that's left over for the rest of us? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I, I could be wrong. I said, I've been wrong before, but to the best of my recollection, the word pie is not in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, but that, that's the attitude of people that... You know, if you buy one more Porsche, God's going to go bankrupt. It's ridiculous. Amen. The new creation in Christ, it's a God work. As soon as a man or a woman is recreated, the will of the Father is that they begin the process of renewing their mind to the Word of God. Why? Well, because your mind wasn't saved. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The word transform there in Romans 12, 2 comes from the same Greek word from which the word transfigured comes from at the transfiguration of Christ on the mount. The renewing of the mind is a transfiguration of our minds. Fred Price used to talk about how that, you know, he'd get quiet, study, and pray, and and he would tell the Lord, he he would tell the Lord, you know, I I think I'm beginning to see how Abraham felt because he said, "I, I just don't feel at home. I mean, the world we're living in right now, it'd be like the city-states of Sodom and Gomorrah going out there telling Abraham how to be a rancher. See, we, we forget about this. See, they didn't have centralized government. You know, Abraham was just doing his thing. Plus, he had 318 trained men. So, you, you know, good luck telling Abraham anything. Do you understand? So this this conformity to the world. And they're committed. They're committed. They are committed. They're more committed than Christians. See, and and what they're propagating is nonsense, and we know it's nonsense because it changes every six or twelve months. And But they're more committed to their nonsense than Christians are to the written word of God, which is thousands of years old. So we just have to, we just have to, you know, we just have to have a, uh, a perspective that we're going to protect our kids. We're going to protect our families. Amen. I think one of the saddest things that I ever heard was T.L. Osborne telling me one day in his living room, he said, you know, he said, we were, we were just country people. He said, me and Oral Roberts. He said, we were just Okies. He said, but God began to bless us and we began to succeed and, and we had some money. And he said, we just, we just did what successful people did. He said, we sent our children to college. And he said, in my firstborn and, and Oral's firstborn, they go, both became drug addicts. See, in other words, you, you, the last thing you should, do, should have done 50 years ago is trust the world. But how about now? So we can't trust the world with our precious seed. 
And if you haven't figured it out, man, these, these fancy schools with the big tuition bills, that's the last place a kid ought to go. I mean, I don't know if you saw that Rutgers University professor and what she had to say. It's unbelievable. If you can reverse the color and if you can reverse uh, the, 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 well, let's just stay with color. If you can reverse the color and if what they're saying is not acceptable, it's not acceptable no matter what color. Does that make sense? It's just amazing. Pay all that money, $27,000 a semester, I think it is, without room and board to, to be turned into a commie nut. And it doesn't matter what your, what your uh, course regimen is going to be. It doesn't matter what your major is going to be. Is somebody like that going to be productive in life? I stood right out here about four years back, and I don't even remember who it was. I stood right out here about four years back, and a black lady came up to me in tears. It was, it was, uh, it was the Sunday or two after Thanksgiving. And she came up to me in tears and she said, Pastor Gene, she said, I sent my beautiful daughter off and she named what university in, in August. And I, she said she came home for Thanksgiving and it wasn't even my daughter. It was somebody else. So what's the point of putting 18 years in and getting that kind of a result? Do you know the average Law graduate in the United States of America, first year makes $55,000 a year. Did you know that the average plumber in the United States of America that owns their own business makes $880,000 a year? I know, because they come to the house. <laughs> so maybe as God's people, we ought to reevaluate, you know, what our goals are for our children. And I'll tell you something else, too, that maybe we ought to rethink this because of this, the, this mandate that uh, maybe somebody's going to be better off owning their own company than being an employee of some great big company. Because if you own your own company, you're, you're in charge. Derek took me to look at a, uh, a cabin. I mean... I mean, it just looked phenomenal. $3 million cabin on Beaver Lake in Arkansas, North Arkansas. And we get there, and, you know, Derek, God bless him, he, he looked at it. He said, he said, Dad, he said, all I see is maintenance, you know, because you have to treat that, the, the log, the log cabin. And then it was, the design was wrong, and you understand, you can't fix a bad plan. And uh, anyway, and then it just smelled hinky, and I just, you know, I'm so meticulous. You notice it doesn't smell hinky in here. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so, but the guy talked too much. The guy talked too much. The realtor talked too much. And we found out it was a plumber in Houston that owned a $3 million cabin on Beaver Lake in Arkansas. And I thought, I pastor a megachurch and I don't own a chicken coop. <laughs> I'm talking about past my house, beyond my house. I'm saying, tell your neighbor, maybe we need to rethink some stuff. You see what I'm saying? There's a pattern to the world. And whatever the world's doing, maybe that's not the best way to go. Maybe entrepreneurship should be reconsidered. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the renewing of the mind is a transfiguration of our minds. And, and it really, it leads us to be dependent upon God. I really believe, I really believe that the reason that this church skated and St. Paul skated over the last 22 months of hysteria is because God got me refocused on like a laser beam seeing God as my source. It's It's crazy. Last year, the giving income of this church was up. If I remember right, it was 52% over 2,000. And I don't know a percentage, but I know this. On October 31, they 
income of this church was up $1.4 million over last year. I mean, I, I mean, I'm telling you, somebody's on fire. And one guy can't do it. So there's a bunch. Amen? So it just seems like a God thing, doesn't it? To open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing we can't even contain it when the world's losing their you-know-what. It just seems like a God thing. It's astounding. I wish everybody knew the Lord like I know him. He's wonderful. I, get, I love it now. You know, well, I guess actually before the fallback time change, it was actually darker earlier. But I love getting up early before the sun rises, go out there and Praise the Lord. I praise you before the sun comes up. And I praise you for your grace. And I praise you for your love. And I praise you for your mercy. And I praise you for your loving kindness. I love it. See, a lot of people, to a lot of people, you know, I don't know what they think of him. I don't even think about it. But to me, he's gracious. He's kind. He's loving. He's merciful. Hallelujah. He blesses me. Amen. He spoils me. Amen. You might say, well, my God's not spoiling me. Well, you better get you a new God. Because the one I'm serving, he loves his children. He blesses his children. Hallelujah. So these minds of ours have been not dominated by the senses. See, I, we were so blessed. Sue and I, you know, children of 1955, we were both products of public school, but they taught us reading, writing, and arithmetic. They didn't teach us, you know, critical race theory and climate change and all of this nonsense. All it is is communism disguised as other things. They taught us the basics. Did you know they're not even teaching cursive in public school anymore? Did you know they're not even teaching the multiplication tables in public school anymore? How is somebody supposed to get through life? It's amazing to me. God's Word, Dad Hagen used to say that you need to renew your mind to the Word of God to where you count on the Word of God like you do the multiplication table. Amen. Three times four is 12 yesterday. It's 12 today. It's going to be 12 tomorrow. What are the chances of three times four being 12? Talk to me. What are the chances? 100%. And that we need to renew our mind to where we count on God's word like that. To where it's not, well, you know, I sure hope he does it. I sure hope he answers. Well, I sure hope this works. No, it's a sure thing. Now, I realize that I'm down the road a ways, and I realize that I'm in a different place. I do. But where I'm at right now in my life is, what difference does it make? You know, what difference does it make? I just believe God. Yeah, but what if? So what? Just believe God. Amen. Amen. That's a great place to be. It's where God wants us, I think. But it gets there by taking action on the Word of God. And one of the messages, I'm having to do some things in advance, and one of the messages I proved today, I said that we need to focus less on having more faith, and we need to focus more on releasing the faith that we have. And that's one thing I like about giving money, because it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to focus our faith. It really is. It's not the only way we can focus our faith, but it's one way we can focus our faith. And I told the Lord when I was a young man, it's fine with me if you test me on money. I, I just think it'd be, I always thought it would be easier to be tested on money than to be tested on my health. So, but by taking action on the word of God, our, 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 our faith is strengthened. We release our faith by taking action on the word of God. Confession is not the only way we can take action on the Word of God, but confession is one way we can take action on the Word of God. 
We just act like God's word is so. Famous, famous, famous. Just today, somebody sent me a, an article. I mean, I'm talking about one of the most famous ministers in America. Hysterical. It's amazing to me. I am convinced, friends, that people don't pray, and I'm convinced people don't read the Bible. I'm convinced preachers don't pray, and I'm convinced preachers don't read the Bible. Because the way I live, I read the Bible and it frightens me. So how can people go do all the stuff they're doing? It's amazing to me. I mean, no jab, no job. We're not three clicks off of can't buy or sell. But people, you know, they're misbehaving, people committing adultery, people doing this, people doing that. It just amazes the heck out of me. I mean, if you read the Bible, you know, you read, I didn't read it in one sitting this time. I read the book of Revelation in two sittings this time. But you, you, all of these bowls and all of these vials and all of these angels and all of these judgments and Chapter 4, you have the rapture of the church. In chapter 6, a quarter of the earth's population dies. In chapter 9, another third of the earth's population dies. And all of that happens before the Antichrist is even revealed. And then you got all of these bowls and vials and angels and all of this stuff going on. And then you get down there toward, I think, about chapter 20 or so. And it says, in spite of all of this, man never repented. And then, and then, oh my gosh, Chapter, is it 20? Then chapter 21, or is it 21 and 22? It gives a list of people that are not allowed in the city of God. It gives a people, a list of people that are thrown into the lake of fire. And, and number one on the list is not fornicators. Number one on the list is not drug users. Number one on the list is not adulterers. Number one on the list is the cowardly. Punks. God is not going to spend eternity with punks. Amen. Seems kind of self-apparent. I mean, even John Wayne used to say, God hates a coward. So if I renew my mind to the word of God, and if, if I'm talking to him in the morning or whatever time of day you pray, well, why would you conform to the world? You wouldn't. Why would you fall in line with whatever they're selling? Whatever they're selling. They're crazy. They are insane with evil. Their evil has led them, led them to a point of insanity. Wickedness. And the problem is, whether it's public school or the university... How about just watching TV? You know, we, we started watching some cop show, and I mean, every episode is full of this alternate lifestyle. And so, you know, I, I just said, I just can't do it. You know, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And they're preaching to us all the time. You know, I haven't watched a commercial in, I don't know, two decades. But... Uh, you know, they're preaching to us. You, what I'm saying is you can watch a decent show and the, when the commercial comes on, they're preaching to you about their agenda, whatever their agenda is. These minds of ours have been dominated by, by the sense world. I mean, just look around the room. See, all we see is open space. We see some lights. There's maybe a little haze left over from the praise and worship time. But there's angels everywhere. I don't know how many are here tonight. I mean, last Sunday, last Wednesday, I think we had 350 people. So, you know, you got to have 350 angels if you all are saved. Anybody here saved? Anybody? Let me see your head. Well, we, we know there's got to be 350 angels here. And they're big. They're big dudes. We just don't. See, in other words, we, we, we limit ourselves when we walk by 
the natural eyes and not by the word of God. Why would we be afraid? Why would we be afraid of anything? And forget the angels, no, no offense to the angels, but we got the Holy Spirit. What if, what if our eyes could be opened? We would see the Holy Spirit inside of each believer. Why would we be afraid? Why would we say we're stupid? Why would we say we're confused? Why would we say we don't know what to do? See, the problem is we, ha we have been dominated by sense knowledge so that all the knowledge we have had has been sense knowledge. And the only way to change that, the only way to change that is to get the mind renewed to the Word of God. And you cannot renew the mind of the Word of God unless you read the Word of God, but you can't renew the mind of the Word of God unless you stop occasionally and meditate on certain verses. You know, there are times, you know, I'm, in, I'm now I'm in Genesis for the third time this year, and I come to certain verses, and I mean, I just have to stop. I just have to stop. I just can't read it like a newspaper or a magazine. I just have to stop and meditate on it. Before I did Sunday's message, I got to Genesis 12 in my uh, next annual Bible reading. He says to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. I just can't read that. I got to stop. I got to think about that. I got to mull that over. I got I to gotta, I gotta meditate on that. I got to say to myself, what does that mean to me? You know, it happened again today. A guy finished working late at the house. And uh, so, you know, I, I would never do this. But I took time before I came over here and I wrote a check and I, I texted him and I said, you know, I left it at a certain point if you need it. Because I know, see, I know he's going to need that check. Somebody asked me after Sunday's message, Pastor, who's a poor man? And I said, well, if you need any of the next six paychecks, you're a poor man. See, if you need it, you got to have it. And then while I'm writing the check, because we, we had this tree, and I knew it was dead, and my tree guy's coming in a couple of months, and he was going to take it out, but the problem is the tree's falling down in my walking path, and I can't have that, you know? And so I had that one tree taken out, and the Satan, you know, Satan, you know, he, he can talk to us. And he's trying to tell me, well, you know, you probably paid more because you had that person do it rather than wait for that company. I said, you're so stupid. Because the word says, I will bless you. And I will make you a blessing. And I'm writing this check to somebody and I know they need it. That company, that company going to make it whether I hire them or not. You know, big company, biggest company that does that in the Metroplex. They don't need my money, but this, this person right here, they, I'm being a blessing. See, you renew your mind to the Word of God. Then when Satan comes along with whatever he's peddling, it's too much. It's too much. Whatever he's peddling. I remember Sue years ago, she was trying to be a blessing and help me. And, you know, I was squeezing down into these little 535s. And, you know, we're trying to all go to lunch and the kids are getting bigger. And, you know, uh, she had the dealership bring over a 735 and, you know, I was just horrified. I, I was horrified that it was at the house. I, I thought, what if somebody sees that? You know, but that's how small I was thinking. That's, that's, that's where I was. That's where I was. So our minds don't get renewed at the same rate. And that's where criticism comes from among believers because you, maybe you renewed your mind, but somebody else hasn't renewed their mind. And if, you, if you're worried about somebody else's stuff, well, your mind's not renewed in the first place. Because the Bible tells you to mind your own business. When we got married, Sue didn't believe that. I had to look that up and show her. You know, I told her, I said, you know, the Bible says mind your own business. That's not in the Word of God. So, you know, we had that talk. Yeah. See, our problem is that we have been immersed in this world. And, uh, and if we're not careful, we think like the world. We talk like the world. We act like the world if we're not careful. 
And, and that'll work for a while. You know, you're young, you're healthy, you have your health, uh, you know, you got your job. I mean, it'll work for a while, but then it, it, it won't work. Then it won't work. Then it won't work. As you get older, You know, Sue was at a fancy place last week. They, the lady found out she was 66 years old and couldn't believe it. Well, you know, we don't live like hell and we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't do drugs. So we don't even look like the world. I remember when Alec Baldwin was probably a more handsome guy than I was, but man, you talk about somebody that went to seed. <laughs> But it's hard living. So we don't want to look like them. We don't want to act like them. We don't want to talk like them. But probably more importantly, we don't want to think like them. Because they're corrupt in their thinking. And when Satan comes along with whatever he's got going, you know, whatever he's got going, something going, something you feel in your body or somebody hurting your feelings or one of the greatest lessons I ever learned, I had a guy betray me up at I-30, and man, he just did everything he could to hurt me in attendance. He did everything he could to hurt me in, in uh, big givers. I mean, he really, out of, out of 38 years, that guy did more to hurt me than anybody. And I was at prayer one morning at 5 o'clock, and I was thinking about it, and the Holy Spirit asked me a question that changed my life. He said, what has that got to do with you? I said, nothing, and I had it. I had it. And so from that, and factually, it didn't bother me at all, that guy doing that. In fact, me mentioning it is not because I have feelings about it. I have no feelings about it. It means nothing. It's like those little tiny wasps that get into your house this time of year because I guess they're trying to hide from the cold or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't have anything to do with me. You just squish it and throw it in the trash. It doesn't have anything to do with me. But you know, man, the, the, you know, well, the government's doing this, government's doing this, and you know, uh, uh, you know, all this stuff. It doesn't have anything to do with me. See, if you confess it has something to do with you, it has something to do with you. But if you open your mouth and say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me, it doesn't have anything to do with you. There's a little gal, every time I see her, I, I just can't help but brag on her because she was the first one that fought the fight and uh, she was denied three times, but she got her religious exemption on the, uh, the, the clot shot. And uh, uh, she's, to me, she's like the standard bearer of faith. She would come up to us, little tiny gal from Ghana. She'd come up to us, she'd say, I'm standing, Pastor, I'm standing. I'm standing past, and, and so now, but time's gone by. We've had dozens of these approved, and only one denied, and the only one denied was a church. But dozens approved. Amen. So somebody might say, yeah, but, yeah, there's no, you're, man, you're a part of Faith Christian Center. I'm telling you, the rules are just different here. I'm just telling you, man, it doesn't matter. I mean, the world can be on the, you know, a, t a tirade. Uh, they can be on the warpath. Man, you are a part of something where the word is working and faith is working at a whole nother level. Yes. Amen. 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 And then, then we've had folks and they didn't want to fool with all of it. And they just got a better job somewhere else and made more money. Amen. So either way, we win. Amen. Amen. So we have been immersed, we've been baptized in, the, in this sense knowledge realm and sense knowledge education and sense knowledge television and sense knowledge movies and all of it. The mind is supposed to be renewed by the spirit and by our meditation in the word and by our taking action on the word of God until our mind is in perfect fellowship with our recreated spirit man and with the word of God. So if your mind... If, you're, if your mind, if your thinking is still at a debate with the written word of God, well, you're not there yet. 
if your mind, if your thinking is still at crossroads with the Holy Spirit of God, you're not there yet. I mean, the very fact that he said to me in February of 1997 about giving that half million dollars to put the roof on Bud Sickler's church, the very fact that he said to me, you don't think you can do it, but you can, that tells me that in February of 1997, I wasn't there yet. See, in January of 2018, when he challenged me to give a million dollars into the uh, challenge offering, commit a million dollars in the challenge offering Easter of 2018, I didn't balk at all. And that was personal. That wasn't corporate. You can do way more than you think you can. I mean, people don't even want to think about it, but, you know, the, uh, the state of Virginia just flipped from blue to red. And, I mean, Obama himself went and campaigned for that guy, a former governor. And, I mean, man, they pulled out the stops. But who won? I didn't know who that guy was. I looked him up. Well, he was a hedge fund guy. He wasn't the guy that worked second shift at Winn-Dixie. See, if we're going to have an impact, somebody somewhere is going to have to make some money. Amen. See, in other words, how are, you going to, how are you going to do something like that if you have to have your day job? Christians just live in a little world. We haven't thought big enough. We haven't thought big enough. I only know of one Christian full gospel billionaire, but he's a very unusual cat because... He still works the parking lot greeting crew at his little Assembly of God church in Oklahoma. Billionaire. Several private jets. Billionaires. But he still works the parking lot crew and greets people when they drive into the parking lot at his little Assembly of God church. I mean, not his, the one he's a member of in Oklahoma. That's character like Christians don't know anything about. Still serving, see? Still serving. Still a part. And then also, thank God, you know, still in Oklahoma, didn't move to L.A. or New York or somewhere. Because just that right there would mess you up. Being around fancy people. No, we, we can achieve more, we can do more, we can have more, we can be more than we've even thought possible. There's no end to it. There's no end to it. There's no end to it. Do you think there's any chance, do you think there's any chance, for example, that with the culture the way it is right now, that Faith Christian Center would send youngsters off to some camp somebody else was running? No way. But we just need to think bigger. You know, we ought to just buy our own. Do you understand? In other words, rather than have a small thinking process that, you know, well, we're, we're not there yet. Well, who says we're not there yet? Who, when, when, when a voice says to you, we're not there yet, well, who's talking to you? Or when a voice says to you, well, you can't afford that yet, who's talking to you? You think God would come along and say you're not there yet? No. You think God would come along and say you ought not have that? No. Personally, I don't think the Lord's going to tarry much longer, but if he does, if he does, he wants to astound us. In the day, let's say it this way. In the time we have left, he wants to show out, and in the time we have left, he wants to astound us with his provision. And I tell you something else too, I believe it. And that is this, there just aren't that many people focused on the word of God. There aren't, there just aren't that many people looking to God as source. And so when you do that, when you are focused on God as source, when you are focused on the word of God, It's almost like, you know, the world talks about catering to three percenters. It's almost like 
that's what you become to God. Because how many does he have? How many does he have? You could hardly go, you know, we used to do this. We, we, were, we had nothing. We had nothing. You can't imagine how nothing we had. You know, we would, we would do church on Sunday, and we would load the kids in a car, and we'd go down, and we'd hear John Osteen on the Sunday night, and then we, after church, we'd drive on down to Galveston. I mean, good God Almighty, who goes to Galveston on vacation? And uh, we would stay at this, you know, ratty place and eat junk food, and, you know, it was just terrible, brown water, and it was just awful, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so, but you could hardly go to Lakewood and hear John Osteen himself speak without hearing him quote the verse that the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he might bless. And that was his perspective. So his perspective was, Father, you don't have to look any further because I'm it. Amen? Amen. And, and that was 30 years ago, but now it's 2021. And the Lord's looking to and fro across the earth, and he sees, you know, fear and drug salesmen and uh, commies, and, uh, and then he sees all these churches closed, and, 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 and he, then his eye comes to Faith Christian Center, and he thinks, man, I, I, got, I got all this blessing, and I got all this healing, and I got all this money, and I, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to dump it all right there because I can just do one load and dump it right there. Can you see that? Because you got people doing all this stuff that's not, not word. They're not looking to God. They're looking to man. So when you look to God's word and when you look to God, you put yourself in a class that is a distinctive class and he wants to bless his children. I love blessing my children. Amen. Amen. And God is our father. Say it out loud. God is our father. God is our father. And he loves blessing us. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.